live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality and number one best-selling author of the book From Paycheck to Purpose, all about careers and jobs. He's my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Dane is in Denver. Hi, Dane. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, welcome to me. Uh, I just, I've always wanted to say this. How are you doing, Mr. Ramsey? Better than I deserve. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, uh, yes, I have a really quick question, hopefully. Um, I'm looking to make a lateral move in housing from one house to another. I currently own my home that I live in, and I'm looking to make a um, flight move not, not too far away. And um, I see it as two different options that I have. I'm trying to avoid getting... Another mortgage out, um, trying to avoid moving into a rental temporarily, and I'm trying to avoid storing all my stuff. I'd like to just go from one house to the other. Um, I see it as I can do a sale on contingency, or what about these we buy your house uh, services? Are they a scam or not? Well, they're not a scam, but they're buying the home to resell it at a profit, which means they have to buy it from you at below retail. Right. Um, yeah, the money that I would lose on that would probably pay for the rental for How do you a few know? Months, you know? I, I've done a little bit of research. I know renting is extremely high here, um, and I do work with a lot of appraisers. Um, in the line of work that I do, I'm a land surveyor. Well, I mean, all of and, this is um, all of this is assuming that you think you know what they're going to offer you. Correct, correct. Um, I've actually reached out. Uh, just you know, you can fill out those forms, email kind of forms, and um, none of them have responded with a number, which kind of shocking makes me a little weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's because they don't want to uh, scare you to death. They want you to sell them the house, but. Dude, I mean, it's usually eighty cents on the dollar, seventy cents on the dollar. Oh wow! And okay. so it's not—it's not a yep. small. It's not like a two thousand dollar discount or something. I mean, Got it's you. a lot. Yeah. You're not so, desperate, are you? No, I yeah. have, so, well, I'm on my so side. Don't do it. Don't just don't do it. Here's what you need to do. You just okay. need to be patient okay. and do a contingency sale. Okay. That's the, it's All right, easy. I like that. Yeah, I'm not going to do it otherwise. Okay, I sold my personal residence when everything peaked out um, two years ago because it was a real killer opportunity to get out of that house. And, um, right. But we sold it and delayed possession by four months. Okay? Okay. And, and that yep. gave us four months to get the other house purchased and moved into um, and – but, uh, that, you know, well, uh, did you take, I didn't take a discount. I just refused to sell it otherwise. So you're going to refuse right. to sell your home out from under you. You're okay. going to sell it yeah, on some kind of terms that allow you to make a one move. All right. And then the person I'm buying it from, they also have to agree to this too, correct? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but what I would do is start shopping the area that you think you want to be in and say, I could live there, there, or there. 
And if you want to make an offer on one of them, contingent upon the sale of yours, fine. Typically what most markets do, there's differences in different markets. It's generally culturally, uh, except the real estate community, for some reason, decides it in just culturally in a market. But most of the time you'll have like a 72 hour first right of refusal. So if the seller of the other property that you wanted to buy accepted a contingency offer from you, it would be contingent upon the sale of yours and they keep theirs on the market. If they get another buyer, you have 72 hours to say, I'll buy it anyway. And you wouldn't do that. You would let them go. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, you're right. I, I do have time on my side. I'm in no rush. And so if, until the right deal comes together and the right timing for you to buy the home that you want and move one time with the sale of yours on a contingency sale, you just don't do it. Well, they won't. They won't take a contingency contract. Okay, can't buy that house. Yeah, yeah. All right, I like this idea, and I can just uh, just take my time. It's all out of convenience. Kids got a new school down the street, and yeah, and just um, what you do is you yeah. just you know I'm going to carefully line the dominoes up so that when I push them, they all fall and make that beautiful design. My wife and I can do that. We've uh, yeah, we're totally debt free. We, um, own our house. I'm 42 years old. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting pretty. Yeah. And, uh, and, the, so, and, and the trick is to not get married to the purchase house. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's agree. only one. If I don't get that one, the whole deal. <laughs> no, there's lots of houses you can purchase, right? So if you don't get married to a certain house, then you say, I, I want to move over there and I like this kind of a property and whichever one God arranges for this whole domino system to fall i'll land in that and i'm gonna be happy as a clam now the second thing you got to warn yourself against and i have to warn myself against this too and i'm in the i've known done real estate my whole life is when you've got everything lined up and then someone comes to buy your house you're you you're emotionally motivated to get that deal done so we can push the dominoes and if you're not careful you'll discount your home in the negotiation process because you get all excited mm-hmm. right and just be aware of that that's human nature yeah i got all this lined up yep. and you know i don't really want to take that late little amount but i'm a, i want to push the dominoes and yeah now you're about to take ten thousand dollars too much less too less than you should have so just just play hard to get yep. and don't get married to the next one and you can line these up and you're going to be just fine and folks i want you to know that Dave Dave practices what he preaches in a lot of areas, but you did that on that house, and I got to tell you, we're thinking about the, you're talking about the house, and I got to tell you, I'm missing that porch. I don't know how you got rid of that house with the porch that you had, highest <sighs> point in Williamson County. Yeah, I could see 18 miles off of it, and I I just you took was, me back there for a second. It was beautiful. I'm being selfish. It was beautiful. I I kind of missed the hangouts out there, <laughs> and and the nice awesome. the nice people that bought it from us. They paid me for that view. Yes, they did. <laughs> and that is the moral of the story, folks. I mean, I, I thought you were a little crazy, but it was a good move. It was, a good move. <laughs> it was a little crazy, but it was if you're ever going to sell a particularly unique property during a super the hottest time I've ever known in 35 years of real estate would be the oh, time to do it. And you did. And, and it, I did it right at the gosh, top of that I market. That. So it's just, you know. These fall evenings? 
and I, you know, I'm yelling at somebody all the time on here. It's just a house. <laughs> and then, yeah, but those, that, that house, the views on that property were oh, take it from astronomical. Me. Yeah. Astronomical. Right. Yeah. Moment I, of I, I do miss that. Although I'm, I'm nestled down in the woods now where I've got no view, which is amazing too. You like that. Very I'm, quiet. I'm, I'm back in Walden Pond here, you know, so. <laughs> All right. Little, I expect some new poems yeah. from you, Dave. There we go. Yeah, those will sell. Those poems will be big. Redneck poetry is a big deal. <laughs> you know, hillbilly poetry. Poems of peace. That's it. There it is. From from the woods of the hillbilly. I've already titled it. Yeah. There we go. It's um next book. Who knew I was going to do another one? I there read it after is. Baby Steps. We just decided. Yeah. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. My friend Willie Robertson is the CEO of Duck Commander and Buck Commander and star of A&E's Duck Dynasty, and they've expanded his family companies from a living room operation to a multi-million dollar enterprise. Uh, Willie spoke with us at uh, Entree Leadership Summit about business and leadership, did a great job back in May, and uh, he emailed me the other day um, with this film that he's done about his dad and his mom's early days, and uh, it is, and then sent me a link to it. I intended to watch just a little bit of it so I would be intelligent on this interview, and I couldn't turn it off. It was absolutely fabulous. Willie, how are you, my friend? What's up, Dave? How are you? Doing good, man. You're making the rounds pitching a movie, huh? Sitting there in New York City. You know how it goes, doing this thing. <laughs> yeah. So you on Fox this morning? I wasn't. No, that didn't work out, but we're working on some other stuff for later on. So, yeah, I've been pretty much on the phone or on the computer or uh, being interviewed all day long. So okay. it's a big week. Week is coming out. So uh, I'm not going to read the film synopsis. I'll let you just tell the story. Uh, but uh, I knew a little bit of the story from talking to you and talking to your dad and your brothers over the years that your dad was basically a hellraiser and uh, and, and had a, an amazing uh experience talk talk through what the film's about yeah it uh yeah it's a time piece it's set in the 50s 60s and 70s uh so it's and i want to make everybody aware it's not duck dynasty that's the aftermath of a family that's got its way right and uh has a strong faith and this is right at the beginning uh this is where dad really lost his way and uh, uh just really spent about 10 years just making making life really rough for my mother and us as kids. And, um, and then it's a story of his redemption and how he found the Lord and, um, and how more, probably more importantly, how mom forgave him to keep the family together. Um, you know, Dave, if that hadn't happened, my whole life would be completely different. And, uh, I, you know, who knows what would have happened. I probably wouldn't be talking to you today. So, uh, cause that's out of that came the company out of that came the business duck commander 
from that came Duck Dynasty and then, you know, and all the things that have gone along with that. And so we can trace that back to this, this really spiritual moment. And I think you'll realize when you see the movie, man, how close it was, you know, just to being over, you know, completely over. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful story, and it just felt like one we had to really need to tell. Willie Ken here. Uh, I'm just curious, was Phil reluctant to uh, share this story in movie form? He just comes across as a guy who's just so humble and just a plain-spoken man. I'm curious to, to, to know what he's feeling about this story being told. He really was. I mean, they've been so transparent throughout their whole lives. Like, there's nothing in the movie I saw that I hadn't heard them tell us directly, and they've been really open about their lives. But I think once it got down to, like, making a movie and we're going to, you know, pretty much highlight the, the worst time of your life, you know, uh, that was a struggle, and I'm so glad he did. And, you know, we're taught in Christianity and really just generally in life, I think, uh, to not look back, your past is over, look forward, you know, press forward unless they make a movie about it, which is going to live forever, right? So, yeah. uh, so for he and mom to really dig back into the past and uh, deal with that pain. But you know what? It, you know, he said if it's if, if some, somebody, if one person comes to the Lord over this or saves a marriage or, you know, can help shed some light on something, he was willing to do it. And that's just that's kind of the guy he is. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was difficult. And it was really hard for us to watch. I mean, it's just hard to watch, you know, your – your parents, like my, my kids, their grandkids, you know, uh, it's hard for all of us to kind of watch, watch through that pain that they went through. Hmm. Yeah. Well, until the story arc hits its peak and, uh, the story's so well told, uh, not only is it a great story, but it's well told the screenplay and the acting are they're lights out, man. I mean, the guy playing your dad has got the Louisiana accent down. God, I thought it was Phil a couple of times. <laughs> he sounds, he could do voiceovers for Phil. He's from England. No way. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, he's good. He he's good, he's man. Not he's not even he, from America. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how those, yeah. you know, really all the cast and how they put that, you know, how they, when they showed up and do what they do, it's just, it was amazing just putting that story. The hardest part, Dave, was to make it not rated R because Phil's life was really rated R. <laughs> it, was hard to make this, it was hard to make a faith-based movie about a guy who pretty much the whole movie is, has wants nothing to do with faith. So, uh, uh, but that's the gritty story. You know, that's yeah. where, that's where we all were, you know, we're all, we get ourselves in these situations. And so, yeah, we just wanted it to be real and raw and honest and say, Hey, this, this was it. This is what life looked like. Movie comes out nine twenty eight, the twenty eighth of September this week. It's called The Blind, and it's set in a duck blind. Him uh, talking to one of his friends who's asking him how he turned his life around, and then he he takes you back through the history as he's telling his friend the story. Yeah. And it is uh, it's a great setup. A storytelling mechanism is absolutely good. And I'm blown away this kid's from England because I got to tell you, man, I thought he was a swamp guy. I really did. He, he, <laughs> he completely sold me. And when that preacher baptizes your dad in the movie in the, in the swamp water and he comes out uh, screaming about Jesus and loving Jesus, I got tears running down my mm. face. It was I emailed Willie, Ken, I said, I'm not crying, you are. Yeah, it's dusty, <laughs> dusty in here. Yeah, so, something, something in the allergies are bad this time of year. Yeah, but yeah so I know, I know what Phil wants. Phil wants people to meet Jesus. That's Phil's whole thing in life. Everything he does is about that. And as you guys put all of this together, what was the overall goal for the film? I mean, really, the number one was the same thing. I mean, we were wanting to – 
tell this story, and Corey and I got into production really to tell stories, and uh, we just saw the power that Duck Dynasty had. We just, we, I mean, just thousands of people telling us, you know, like what the what the story meant, what the what the TV show meant to them, the prayer at the end, just the the dinner table, all that. And so we were like, hey, we need to put more stories like this out. We didn't particularly we're longer to do our stories, but we, but this was just such a story that we decided to put this one out and uh, and so yeah, that was our goal, which is to you know save marriages, help people, and then and tell the story that look, we're we're no different. You know, I think you can see people on TV and and it looks like we've got it all together. It's like oh, they don't have any problems and they got money and they got you know. And we just wanted to show you, no, our life is just like yours. <laughs> having, and also, having you. spent time with the current version of Uncle Cy, seeing <laughs> the youthful version of Uncle Cy was mind-blowing. Ain't that fun? That's <laughs> one of my favorite parts to see it, because that's what I didn't get to see. You know, I didn't get to see that growing up. I didn't get to see young Uncle Cy, little kid Uncle Cy, and I thought those moments were real fun. And the moment with Bradshaw, too, you know, because Terry Bradshaw and Phil played at Tech together. And Terry told me that story, the story we have in there, Phil taking Terry fishing. Terry told me that story. He was doing autographs, and I, I, I think I was like 13 years old. And he said, hey, let me tell you this story about what your dad did to me. And so we put that story in the movie, which is really fun. Yeah. And, and, and let's, let's not miss that, folks. If, if, if you didn't catch that, he's talking about the Hall of Famer, the legendary Terry Bradshaw and Phil hanging out together. Now, no, Phil was the quarterback, no, and I know. Terry was the backup. I know, but I'm saying and they're Phil, hanging Phil out quits together. To, he quits because he wants to duck hunt, right? so Bradshaw <laughs> becomes the quarterback, right? and Phil's duck hunting instead of in the NFL. How great is that? But just imagine those two having conversations. Uh, yeah, those but, are some characters. And it, yeah, the, and the movie portrays it. With I really. love All right, that. How do you get tickets and movie information for the blind, Willie? Uh, yeah, you can go to uh, theblindmovie.com and find out more about it. You can purchase tickets now, um, and you can rent whole theaters. You can get together to church. And, you know, here's the deal, guys. We only have a week in the theaters. You know, if it, if it does well, they'll, they'll keep it longer, obviously. And uh, uh, so I think we really got to make the statement, you know, the Hollywood and everybody else who makes movies and says, hey, these are the kind of movies. And we've seen such successful movies, you know, Juice Revolution, Sound of Freedom. There's been some great ones. So, uh, yeah, go support it. Yeah. All right. The movie is The Blind. Check it out at theblind.com. See you soon, my friend. Good luck with this and God's blessings on it. Thank you, buddy. See you soon. Be good. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSC. Ken Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host. Open for, again. 
Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. On the debt-free stage is Scott and Rachel. Hey, guys, how are you? Let's try again. Hey, guys, how are you? We're doing great. How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve. Where do you live? We live in Laverne, California, which is just outside of Pasadena. All right. Very cool. Welcome to Nashville. And how much debt have you guys paid off? We paid off $377,708. All right. Wow. How long did this take? It took about five and a half years. Good for you. I love it. And your range of income during that time? Uh, well, we started at around 160. Um, I made a career change right at the end of 2019. COVID hit. I was a wedding planner. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so we dropped to about 140, and then I picked up a ton of jobs. So we increased back up to 220, working about seven jobs at one point. Yo! Wow. That's Are you back to wedding planning Ooh. now? I am, yes. Good. Thank yes. God. Better than seven jobs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of debt was the 378? Um, so about 15,000 was uh, cars, uh, 20,000 was credit cards. And then another three hundred forty thousand with student loans. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Way Whoa. to go, guys! Yeah. Student loans galore. Yeah. Yep. Wow. For what? Uh, I went to. Uh, I'm a pharmacist, so uh. I went to pharmacy school, which was very affordable. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. And what? And what did you pay? How much of the student loans were yours? All of them? All. Pretty much all. Pretty of them. much. Yeah. yeah. Three hundred thousand for pharmacy school with uh, with interest rates and everything. Yeah. Yep. Holy! Yeah. You got ripped off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, congratulations. You're there now, and you got a good income. That's good. Yeah. So you plowed through this. What happened five and a half years ago? You got out of school, got married, and went, oh, my God? <laughs> yeah. So what's funny is um, my parents put my brother and I through Financial Peace University in high school. So uh -huh. I had the knowledge going into it, um, but we really didn't discuss finances until premarital, and I realized we were not on the same page. I had... FPU in my back pocket, Scott did not, um, and he was against it. So when we got married, he came to me and said, I want this TV. I knew we couldn't afford it. And I actually went to my dad and I said, what do I do? Like, he wants this TV, I don't agree. And he was like, look, tell him if he'll do FPU with you, you can get the TV. Just, just make it that. And so he agreed. Dad is all about bribing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, he agreed. And by the second class, he was hooked. And no TV. Uh, no, we, we did get we the did TV. We did get the TV. That was part of that the deal. Was, yeah. was you the TV. Through you held her <laughs> to <laughs> it, Scott. Oh, oh I like wow. this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I was, glad it uh, wasn't a car. Yeah. No. I okay. was, uh, to be honest, I was very skeptical. Um, I was not on board initially, even after the first class of FPU. I was like, yeah, we'll see. Like, let's see how this plays out. Um, and then the second class, uh, everyone had to total up their debt that they had, and we added it together as a class. And with my wife grasping my, like clutching my hand, I realized we had 90% of our class's debt. And so we needed to make a change. Oh, wow. So that hooked you. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Group shaming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how is this possible? Like, what? Whoa. <laughs> We got a lot, and we got almost all of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, just, wow. I have a relationship question on this, given how this has been set up. So when you realize that and you go, it's done, like how quickly do you tell her? Is it on the way out? Is it in the car? On the Is it at home? I, it was 
in the class. It was in the car. It was oh, the yeah. next day. It was like continuous I'm conversation in. afterwards. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. That's I'm awesome. In. Yeah. So when you flip the switch, you flip the switch. I was all in. Yeah. Afterwards, that, those yeah. of us that are uh, cynical, I'm, I'm the same <laughs> way. I have the gift of cynicism. Um, I'm either all in or I'm all out. Yeah. And so uh, once I'm out, I'm out. And once I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That, and it's it's game on. Yeah. yeah. There's no ish. Yeah. It's all, I, I either yep. think you're I either think you're selling snake oil or this is the best <laughs> thing since sliced bread. Yeah. yeah. There you Once go. I started crunching the numbers, I was like, Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do this. Let's, let's, let's do game on. Game yeah. on. Let's go win the Super Bowl. So five and a half years later, you plow through your student yeah. loans. This is an ironic debt-free scream the mm. week before student loans so restart. Yep. Yeah. I mean, big Sunday, Black Sunday's coming. Yeah. Uh, this this Sunday's when they start back for everybody, and you've got a 378-thousand-dollar story here yeah. that you yeah. guys plowed through. And it was really your first order of business in the marriage right after a TV. Mm. Yep. Yeah, priorities. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> I guess it, I guess the TV came in handy because you guys didn't go out. Yeah. You were either working or sleeping, eating. That yeah. was pretty much it. Yeah, we still have the TV, so we, I'm, we do. I'm grateful. It's All, right. Lasted, yeah. All right, that's a good move. Wow, good for you guys. Very, very well done. I'm proud of you. Excellent, excellent stuff. So, what advice do you have to somebody that's got a big old pile of student loans and they're facing it for Sunday? Because this really is a week, honestly. We can joke around about it, but it's it's a scary week for a lot of people because yeah. they're having that realization that Biden is not coming and they're going to have to do this themselves. They signed up for it and they're going to have to pay it. Whether you agree with it or not, doesn't matter. That's your reality. And folks are scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they're confused. They're overwhelmed. I mean, that's a big old mountain. That's Mount Everest, 378,000. You yeah. come out and you write that down, you go, I have an oh crap moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your advice to somebody sitting where you were sitting five and a half years ago? I think for me, it's just having open communication about finances. Just being able to come to your spouse and just say, you know what, like, this is what I need. This is what's important to me. This is what we need to start thinking about. And just having that dialogue and being on the same page. Um, what helped us tremendously to, to be on that same page is having a monthly uh, budget meeting. Yeah. We sit down every single month. We go through our finances. We go through everything that's expected and potentially coming up, and we're able to work through it. Yeah, and for me, um, it's funny. Jade was talking about it last week, actually, is celebrating the small wins. Um, I know that the life cycle of getting out of debt is only supposed to be 24 to 48 months, and ours was five and a half years, and it's a long time to be under that amount of stress. And we tried to take every opportunity we could to just celebrate the small wins. Um, Mm -hmm. We made an Instagram page with our dog and we would form our payoff for the month in his kibble and he would then eat it. We'd film him eating it. it. We named him the debt-free dude because he's a doodle. So that was... um, Love the doodles. Yep. And um, Scott was always really great about just finding little surprises to celebrate um when we got under 100k he set up this fake game show in our backyard with lights and i i fake money i had to throw a baseball to break the paper to see what our new balance was it was it was very elaborate we have photos of it but um just celebrating that stuff because it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel if you aren't celebrating. Okay, real quick, that's brilliant. <laughs> and and because I've read a lot about there's a lot of research on gamifying goals. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you guys did and that really did help you get through each new hurdle because the brain goes, "All right, we have something to look forward to in the midst of yeah. all this struggle." Yeah. 
That's really brilliant. I yeah. love that. Yeah. We had, I don't know, eight different loans, eight different student loans. And Yikes. so every single time one, we were able to, to pay off one. It was like, okay, like we're down one. We only have five left. Yeah. Okay, we have four left and so on. And so I think it helped a lot. And last thing, for anyone fighting that large of a mountain of debt, give yourself grace. Um, yeah. it, it's easy to get upset if you have a slower month or you feel like you're not moving as fast as you can and just know that you're not going backwards you yeah. keep going forward Way you will go, see guys. the light yeah. you guys are heroes yeah how's it feel Surreal. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> hey we've got the total money makeover book the baby steps millionaires book and the financial peace university membership for you to live a give in the live and give box way to go guys we're very proud of you scott and rachel pasadena california three hundred seventy-eight thousand paid off in five and a half years 160 to 220 count it down let's hear a debt-free scream Three, Three, two, two one. one. We're debt free! Yeah! <laughs> I love it! Yes! It's amazing. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, 2 Chronicles 15, 7. But you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Herb Kelleher said, the world isn't going to shower gold coins on you just because you have a good idea. You're going to have to work like crazy to bring that idea to the attention of people. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Mark is in Cincinnati. Hey, Mark, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, great to be on here. Good to have you. How can I help? Uh, I just had a question about uh, building credit. Um, I just don't know where to start. Um, I'm currently a student. I'm 23 years old. I am graduating in three months debt-free. I don't have any, like I said, I don't have any debt. I just don't know where to start with building credit. Why do you need to build credit? Uh, Because I'm trying to move out of my parents' house in, in the next three to six months. That doesn't require credit. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, from my, I don't know, because from my understanding, I know that most renters want a line of credit or not true. They at least want some kind of credit history. It's not true. That's a lie that your friends tell each other. Okay. Well, that's, that's why I'm here. I'm here to get some good yeah. advice. So here's the thing. Everybody says that in order, you have to have a credit score in order to rent an apartment, and yet we routinely will pick up the phone and call 10 apartment complexes in any given area and say, hey, I'm a student coming out of college. I have zero debt and zero credit. Um, will you rent to me? Nine out of 10 of them say yes. And yet all of your friends tell each other that you have to go get a credit card to build up your credit because no one will rent to you. But the truth is, if you actually call 10 apartment complexes, two of them might not, but so what? The other eight will. Some of them may require a slightly larger deposit, which you get back if you leave the place in good shape and pay your rent. 
you know, don't fall for the trap, Mark. The trap is, is that you have to go build a FICO score and the way you build a FICO score is you go in debt. Why do I do that? So that I can borrow money. Why do I go into, why do I borrow money? So I can build my FICO score. Why do I build my FICO score? So I can borrow money. Why do I borrow money? So I can build my FICO score. Why do I build my FICO score? So I can borrow money. And you, it's a dog chasing its tail. And suddenly you're an American making a hundred thousand dollars a year. And 100% of your money goes out to some stupid butt bank because you worshiped at the altar of the great fico and that's what your friends are doing and some of your their parents are doing but it's not smart and it's also not factual yeah well that's what my brother said he said that a credit score is just an i love debt score it sounds like he's been listening to the ramsey show (laughs) he has he's actually been on your show before (laughs) so what's your future look like you graduate then what yeah um well i graduate uh, in December, and then I'm actually going back to school for a second bachelor's, which I only have two classes left for. So by May of the next year, I'll have two bachelors, and then I'll be looking at master's program. What are you going to be doing for making money to be able to pay this rent? Uh, right now, I'm working uh, full time, and then I'm all, I also uh, work kind of part time as an independent contractor, uh, doing group counseling sessions because that's my that's what I'm going to school for. I'm going to be a uh, addictions counselor. Okay. So you're going to get your master's so you can get licensed in the state of Ohio. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm already I'm already licensed as an addictions counselor in the state of Ohio. I'm going for a. They don't require a, a master's counseling. No. Uh, so the way I did it, um, you you just need a, a master's for higher uh, credentials, which is that that's what I'm going for. So why the second bachelor's? Uh, just because it's only two classes left. And, okay, uh, got you. I see. Right, you just it's, gotta check it, it it's, off. It's within reach. Yeah, okay, that yeah. makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, and so the, the I'm just curious. I'm not questioning whether it's right or not because I just don't know. Uh, but the second master's higher credentials enables you to do what that you can't do now as a licensed therapist. Uh-huh. So it's just, um, so right now I'm, licensed as an addictions counselor mm-hmm. uh but i want to be i want to go into mental health counseling which requires a higher mm-hmm. level of schooling and that, does a require a of that does require so, a master's that does require a master's that's that's what i want to go into i mean they won't give you the license without goal. the master's is what you're saying right so eventually okay. my big goal in, in five to ten years is to found and, and own my own uh counseling kind of uh organization and good, to provide good for you. a okay. holistic yeah, good for mental you. health and addictions counseling to people that are struggling. I love that you're working in the field while you're going love to get the master's. That. Love that. That's a beautiful path. It's going gonna, it's gonna to equip you beyond what you realize. Not only are you making the money to pay for everything, yeah. but it's going to equip you. Very well done, Mark. Very well done. And one other small practical thing to consider, Mark, it may not be right for you, but being single, you're working a lot, schooling, maybe getting a roommate for that first apartment uh will also help solve that perceived problem as well get in save a little bit of money you're still renting you're out on your own but that's an option and something to think about cuts the cost down yeah beverly's in dallas hi beverly welcome to the ramsey show thank you thank you for taking my call sure what's up well i'm a little bit different than a lot of your callers i'm 74 years old and I wish to goodness I'd started listening to you 20 years ago, but I didn't, so I'm starting today. Okay. Um, I have about 
$32,000, to be exact, mm-hmm. in uh, credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And I know that I want to get busy in, as you say, gazelle-like and paying that off. Mm-hmm. But I also have $57,623 left on my house. Mm-hmm. Dave, I'm 74 and I'm in good health. I want to pay off all this credit card debt, but is it okay if I just continue making payments on my house while I'm still young enough and healthy enough to travel and do things and then pay for it? I mean, obviously continue making payments, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the, the, you know, the more stable your last year, the sooner your house is paid off, the more stable your last years will be. Right. And so um, that's the trade-off. Uh, obviously, you need to clean the credit card debt up before we talk about travel. Right. Okay. But right. Uh, and do you have any money? Um, I do. I I am I'm, I'm retired, and um, I have like four hundred twenty-five thousand in um, a, an annuity with a. It's a fixed indexed annuity with a lifetime rider. Yeah, pay both of, pay both the loans off tomorrow. Do what? Pay both <laughs> the loans off tomorrow. Okay. Out of that annuity. Um, and I have um about forty thousand dollars in stocks, uh Textron yeah. and computer share stocks. Okay. I, I would cash that out and pay uh, and, and then take a little more out of the annuity and um and make sure you have an emergency fund set aside and you're 100% debt-free by the end of the week. No mortgage, no credit cards. Cut up the credit cards, Beverly. It's time for plastic surgery, not because you're 74, but because you use credit cards. Well, here's I haven't used those credit cards in about three years. Good, then I cut them up. My, my sister to help me, mm-hmm. and at the time I asked her to help me, I had about $23,000 in credit card debt. And her suggestion was to get a credit card and have all my bills just go to that. And So your sister's and, not very good at this. Well, she and her husband are millionaires, which is why I asked well, them her, for her, their help. Well, her, her theory took you from 23 to 32, okay. so her idea sucks. Yeah, <laughs> for me it sure did. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> for me it sure you need did. to cut up the credit cards completely, get you okay. a debit card like I use and like Ken uses. And a debit and card is you have, to, you have to only spend money that you have, chop up mm-hmm. all the credit cards into little bitty pieces, take out that so stocks and enough out of the annuities to pay off your mortgage and your credit cards this week. Be living on a budget where you don't spend more than you make and you never grow any debt back and travel the world and have a wonderful life. We're so glad you called. Wow, that was easy. Yeah. Good for her having that money set aside. There it is. She's going to feel so much better about traveling tomorrow morning. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's Ken. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey baby steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.